You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. People of the internet, tonight we are debating are conservatives persecuted more on social media? And we are starting right now. Good evening, everyone. Tonight, we have Chud Logic crossing swords with Rob Knorr for your enjoyment. Unfortunately, James couldn't be here tonight. He's currently at an undisclosed satanic temple location, taking the dark baptism into unholy order. And when he returns, he will be a slave to the dark prince. So going first tonight, Rob will be, uh, take it away. Go ahead, Rob. Thanks so much. Uh, Yeah, my name is Rob Knorr. You can find me on Twitch at Rob Knorr at twitch.tv. It's spelled like it looks there. R-O-B-N-O-E-R-R. Really glad to be here. Thanks for moderating. Chud Logic, thanks so much for being here. Should be a fun discussion. So the first thing I'll say is the wording of this debate is weird. Uh, Hopefully we don't get into a semantic argument about what the term persecuted means. I'm taking this to mean that conservatives are more unfairly censored and treated harsher on social media than uh, liberals or Democrats or groups that aren't conservative. So I think that that is undoubtedly true. Uh, There's three ways in which I'll seek to prove that. The first way is we'll look at the treatment of regular people, not people that are professional politicians or media people, and we'll see how the numbers suggest, at least in one particular area, and we could see anecdotally as well, that people who are conservatives are far more likely to be censored, to be shadow banned, to have followers be taken away. Uh, This is true in places like Facebook. It's true in places like Twitter. It's true in places like YouTube. It's also true in search algorithms and things like that, as we'll get to a little longer. But this is different than prominent people that we see censored, which will be a secondary thing. This is important because as the internet has become more and more powerful to sharing our voices, particularly in a time like COVID, where people are talking less face-to-face and more every day online on these social media platforms, we see a near monopoly from these three companies in addition to a few other companies that are controlling massive amounts of the flow of information. And so if these companies are censoring or treating one political party or one political ideology more harshly than another political ideology, ideology, it becomes a very big issue and it gives people the power to control the narrative, which is always a dangerous thing. So again, the first way we'll look at this is through the regular people and their treatment of this. The second way we'll look is people in positions of power. And by this, I mean people, you might call them a blue checkmark class on Twitter. So people that have more of an influence because they're entertainers, they're politicians, they're media people, they're pundits and things like that. And what we'll see is overwhelmingly people that lean right or conservative are censored far more up to the highest echelons of people in positions of power, such as the former president of the United States and other 
mainstream politicians, governors, media professionals, etc. We oftentimes see that conservatives in this group are censored for the same things that we see that Democrats or liberals are allowed to say. And so that's going to be a massive problem as well, because this will have great ramifications into things like elections, into shaping a public narrative of which politicians to follow. And this will be able to convince a plurality of people to basically believe anything that the people pushing the narrative want to occur. So that's the second lens through which we'll view this. The third lens that we'll view this has nothing to do with the people, but the types of arguments that are censored. And in that, we'll see that there are certain arguments on many social media platforms that are verboten, that you're not allowed to bring up. Almost all of these arguments are designed to protect the interest of left-wing, or if we're going to quibble about what the left really is, democratic politicians. And so there, if you try to question certain stories of official stories of COVID, for example, official stories of elections and things like that, and you happen to come from a conservative event, you tend to be censored. However, if you tend to criticize those same things against a Trump regime or against Republican politicians, that's usually allowed to fly. So using these three things, we'll see that, yes, it is self-evident that conservatives are treated more harshly, and it is a big deal. I'll use data when I can. I'll use the stories and things, um, stories that we've seen of people that were censored and things like that. And we'll also talk about some sort of uh, tangential things, uh, such as social media's power to influence elections, according to studies that were done, and how they're able to sway millions of votes by the way they position their algorithm and their censorship. However, I do want to give an olive branch to Chud Logic here because actually the formational question of this debate, I think is not the question we should be asking because no doubt there are left-wing people that are censored by these social media companies. The problem is this, it's not a left versus right issue. It is an establishment versus people that criticize the establishment issue. And so we see left-wingers that wanna be critical, for example, of the Biden administration or critical of the CDC or critical of sort of the neocon, neolib, forever warmongering policy that we see in the United States. We see people on the left that make those sort of criticisms that are also censored. The reason is because these people are using this narrative control. We have government actively working with these social media companies, and you can see it. You've seen when we see people like Dorsey or Zuckerberg or others called in front of Congress that Democratic lawmakers continually excoriate them for not censoring people enough. We need to censor more fake news. We need to censor more. We've even had the Biden administration make public calls for these social media companies to censor more. This is intended to circumvent the First Amendment because if government is encouraging so private companies to censor people and these private companies have a near monopoly and they're some of the most powerful entities in the history of the world, so much so that the wealth of some of these companies is greater than almost every country in the world. If government is working hand in hand to censor people and there's at least two laws lawsuits out there alleging just that with proof in those lawsuits, then this becomes hugely problematic. The reason that conservatives are censored more than left-wing, given that the real value is people criticizing the establishment versus people that don't criticize the establishment, is because in our current political landscape, conservatives tend to not be in positions of power culturally, and therefore they're more likely to criticize the establishment. That's why it turns out that by censoring people that are critical of the establishment, it ends up being more conservatives. So to the fundamental question of the debate, yes, it is undoubtable that conservatives are censored more and are treated more harshly or persecuted, as the language of the debate says. Uh, it's undoubtable. But the real issue is it's because they are being critical of the establishment. And if you're on the left, you should heavily be concerned about these attempts at censorship because one day you'll want to criticize people in positions of power and they'll come for you as well. That's all I have for my opening statement.
Okay, thank you so much. That was only about five minutes. All right, I just want to do some uh, quick housekeeping real quick. We have a we, we had 10 minutes openings for each of you guys slotted. That was only five minutes, but we do have 10 minutes for Chud Logic. Uh, then we have 50 minutes of open dialogues get slotted and then 30 minutes uh, for audience Q&A. want to remind you guys to tag either me as Factitionalist Network or at Modern Day Debates if you want your uh, questions to be asked. Uh, super chats get top priority, so please send in your super chats uh, as soon as you can. If you want to get your questions asked, they'll go straight to the top of the list. Praise I Am That I Am is producing the, uh, the the, the stream uh want to make sure to welcome everyone to modern day debate we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science religion and politics and we want you all to feel welcome no matter what walk of life you come from our guests are linked in the description below and whether you are listening via podcast or on youtube so just click those links if you are liking what you are hearing and you want to hear more uh hit the subscribe button please hit the like button share the videos if you want to hear more debates we have lots of juicy debates coming up for you. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and kick it over to Chud Logic for your 10-minute opening. When uh, you are ready, you may begin. Sure. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Chud Logic. Uh, I'm a lefty streamer. I uh, talk about a whole bunch of stuff, particularly big tech um, and the issues that we all face under the uh, auspices of their rules. So um, if that's something that interests you, you want to hear what else I talk about, uh, come by my stream. Uh, you can find it by searching Chud Logic on Twitch. Um, and I sometimes upload to YouTube, although um, I unfortunately have been a victim of big tech. My channel is being completely demonetized and I'm still waiting for them to review it. So, um, yeah, but you might find the old video on YouTube as well. OK, so in terms of my opening statement, um, 645 billion. This is the total number of interactions Donald Trump had on his Facebook page between January 1st and November 3rd, 2020. This is just one of numerous examples that point clearly to conservatives having not only a prominent position on social media, but an influential one too. The questions around free speech and big tech censorship are very important to me. Anyone that watches my content knows I speak about these, um, this often, and I try hard to hold reasonable and consistent positions on these issues. However, one big frustration I have are the ways in which um, conservatives seem obsessed with turning these issues into a grotesque culture war spectacle. Reasonable discourse um, and discussion is often transformed into rightoid whining of victimhood and perceived oppression. Although studies and data around these specific issues are admittedly limited as it stands, what we do have simply does not support the cries of persecution that some conservatives make. But Chud, I hear you cry. Donald Trump was banned from Facebook. Surely this must be proof of a liberal plot to censor and oppress conservatives on these platforms. This is yet another attempt by conservatives to obfuscate the truth of these issues. Although these individual examples are supposed to prove the outlandish conspiracy theories of the conservative, they simply prove the rather embarrassing fact that conservatives often have great difficulty following the rules of these platforms. Indeed, if you dig into the often cited examples of brave free speech warriors banned for merely speaking truth to power, you will find a root of flagrant disregard for the most basic points of these platforms' terms of service. Bear in mind, I agree that there ought to be a robust discussion about TOS and even the extension of free speech on these platforms. Inconsistency in application of these rules is something that has personally affected me as a leftist. That is what makes it so frustrating when conservatives tend to only bring this up as a defense and deflection for repeated and flagrant disregard for the rules by bad actors. There are even cases, for example, Stephen Crowder, 
of conservatives flagrantly breaking rules, complaining about persecution, yet still re retaining large, prominent and influential accounts on the very platforms they claim are trying to eradicate them. The pathetic and self-serving victimhood of such people really knows those bounds. To move on to individual conservatives on these platforms, in this atmosphere and in this climate, I don't actually blame them for thinking there's a grand liberal plot to specifically censor them. To speak briefly to what Rob was saying, I actually agree that these platforms do have an impetus um, in some cases to um, censor or in some way impact criticism of them. I don't think this is a broad conspiracy, though. This is just capital working as intended. Um, all of this serves to hide the truth. The challenges and issues of free speech, expression and big tech concern us all, regardless of political ideology. There are plenty of examples of these issues affecting left wing accounts or even apolitical accounts as recent controversies on platforms such as Twitch have shown us. This is truly a bipartisan issue that requires a bipartisan solution. We must not let conservative victimhood obscure this fact. Rather than continue with the rightoid's cries of free speech grievance, which is with its numerous clowns and theatrics, let's work to find the reasonable common ground and figure out practical and effective solutions together. And that's it. You got it. Those were both a very short uh, opening statements. Before we get into the 50 minute dialogue, I just want to thank the moderators in the chat for their dedication to the channel and for suppressing the urge to jump in on one side or the other of the conversation. And I want to remind everybody in the chat to attack the ideas and not the person. So if you have a comment or question for the debaters uh please go ahead and send in those super chats and go ahead if you have a comment that's perfectly fine just as long as you're attacking the ideas and not the person uh, and again links are in the description please hit the like and subscribe button and with that let's go ahead and kick it into the open dialogue gentlemen the floor is all yours Thank you. I appreciate it. So to respond to what you said, I assumed that this would how the debate would go. The debate would go, of course, conservatives are censored more and prominent conservatives are censored more, but that's because they deserve it. And that's just fundamentally not true. Let me ask you to start with, do you think that everyone that's censored from social media has done something to warrant it? Uh, not necessarily, no. Um, I think that, you know, there's cases where social media companies will apply TOS incorrectly or inconsistently. And that can have a negative impact on people, regardless of their political ideology. Quick example of this. Recently, you had Right Wing Watch banned from YouTube and Andy No banned from SoundCloud. Um, so both of those um, channels, um, I think, were transpired, were wrongly taken down. Although this did happen after like large media campaigns in both cases to bring attention to it. And they both had their accounts reinstated. So I don't I don't think that it's, you know. Yes, sure, it's inconsistent and can be applied incorrectly. People can be bad unfairly, but I don't think it's significantly different in one particular political direction, no. It's, so, so we'll talk about, but the concession is that, of course, they could do things unfairly. So do you have any Well, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, I'm not conceding that. You know, I listen, I'm no, not going to fucking defend big tech. Big tech sucks. Oh, no, 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 yeah, I don't mean concession do. in that sense. I just mean we're in agreement. Is that a better way to put it? Yeah, that yeah, we're in agreement. That gets sure. Banned. Okay, sure. Not just setting a baseline here. So yeah, yeah. if- do you dispute the fact that more conservatives are banned or are shadow banned or are censored on these platforms than liberals? Do you think that that's true and that's just that they deserve it? Or are you disputing whether or not more are banned? 
Well, I think we're, we're getting to the point where we're conflating terms, you know, because my understanding of your use of liberal is anyone on the left, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that tends to be how Americans refer to it. Now, I would say that, you know, mainstream liberals that say support Biden, um, sure, they're probably not going to be as censored as much as, you know, a far right conservative. But I would argue that like a sort of main mainline liberal or like a mainline conservative, you know, a centrist conservative type, they're probably going to see censorship at equal measures. It's only when you get to the extremes of the political sides, that's where you tend to see a ramping up of political ideology. But that isn't because of ideology. I think it's more to do um, primarily with profit motive and these platforms being concerned about certain messages being, um, you know, problematic for advertisers. And so I don't think it's an ideological driven decision. It's a decision driven out of wanting to make money. And um, yeah, that, that's my perspective. on okay. it. So ideology aside, like we could get into that debate, but the question is, is it existing or not? So just so I'm steel manning your position, your position is when it comes to moderate right wingers or moderate conservatives and moderate left wingers, they're censored at equal clips, but at the extremes, yes, extreme right wingers might be censored more than extreme left wingers. Um. I mean, I think, okay, so what I'd say is I think that you can probably find more examples of extreme right wingers being censored, like Stefan Molyneux, Nick Fuentes, um, Alex Jones. So people like that who have got what are perceived to be fairly extremist views. Um, but I don't think that it's because they're conservative that they're targeted. It's because their views are so morally egregious to broader society that it is like such an affront to advertisers. That's the reason that these people tend to be dropped from these platforms. Okay, so so let's talk one. Like, so I outlined three ways. We could, obviously I wanna give you time to talk as well. So mm, I think sure. maybe the beginning focus is regular people and whether mm -hmm. or not regular people get censored. Now, there were a lot of people from 2016 to 2020 on one particular issue that said that they had no confidence in the outcome of the 2016 election. There are a lot of people since the 2020 election that said that they have no confidence in the outcome of that. Twitter itself has banned or severely limited over 200,000 accounts of people that have mentioned the election uh, post-2020. I have no evidence them of ever banning anyone that said that the election was fraudulent in 2016, despite the fact that polling from u.gov shows that two-thirds of Democrats not only believe that the election was stolen from Hillary Clinton, but literally believe that Russia hacked voting machines to switch tallies to fraudulently elect Donald Trump. Why is it if conservatives and liberals are censored at the exact same amount, if they have the same positions, do we see the mass censorship of conservatives on this issue, but the non no censorship whatsoever of liberals or Democrats on that issue in 2016 through 2020? Sure. I mean, that's, that's a perfectly valid and reasonable thing to bring up. Um, my response to that is... Um, my understanding of the different dynamics that are at play is that the manifestation of this rhetoric was quite different in each case. Um, for example, if you look at the 2016 election, um, Hillary Clinton conceded defeat fairly quickly. Um, I've got no doubt that you can probably find some fucking liberal type person making, you know, um, maybe extreme points about the election. Maybe there's a case of inconsistency we could look at on that specific basis. But broadly speaking, I think the narrative was that Russia influenced the US election. Um, you know, and also I don't think that was lined up with specific calls of actions to take to subvert um, American democracy. I use that term quite loosely. I've got my criticisms of American democracy, but that's besides the point, okay? Whereas if you look at the 2020 election, um, the, the flavor, if you like, of the rhetoric was very different. It was quite pointed and it seemed directed at 
um, invoking people to engage in specific action, which, um, you know, transpired in the events of January 6th. Just to be clear, I'm not, you know, one of these pearl clutches about January the 6th. I've got my criticism of some of the narratives around it. Um, but I think, you know, to deny the fact that they were there in some way to subvert a democratic process is wrong. And I think that was absolutely G'd up and fueled by commentary from right wing um, commentators online, particularly Donald Trump. Um, so, yeah, but, I think there's a different flavor between the two things. But OK, but again, so already we see. So the concession is, well, yes, right wing people with these beliefs that shared similar opinions of the left wing people are censored far greater than the left wing people. I just think it was warranted because right wing people took what was being said and went out and used violence. But we don't see this sort of logic applied in other ways. For example, we saw riots that occurred all well, well, summer. Sorry, wait, 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 sorry, sorry. I think we're moving on a bit quick back. Let's just go back to what we were talking about. Sure. Do you disagree that the the flavor or the narratives that were pushed were different between 2016 and 2020? Or do you think they were exactly the same? Of course, nothing's exactly the same, but they are very okay. similar in the ways that's important. In fact, the narrative that was pushed by the Democrats from 2016 to 2020 was worse because it actually used state power to push conspiracy theories to violate U.S. citizens' rights in the form of basically engaging in a coup to use unverified opposition research paid for by Hillary Clinton, sourced by Russian spies, to be able to spy on the Trump campaign. And they used leaks, unmasked people, and used leaks to the media to smear people surrounding the Trump campaign to make the public think that he was literally a stooge of Russia, so much so that official U.gov polls suggested that two-thirds of Democrat voters thought that Russia literally hacked machines. We saw riots as the result of Donald Trump being elected. We saw attacks against Russian people, xenophobia against Russians in this country increase, which I can provide evidence if you want, and the mistreatment of Russians increase. We saw Trump supporters being attacked for some of the lies that were being told. Uh, so this sort of stuff did lead to violence, but no one said, oh, we have to censor these dangerous conspiracy theories that say that the election was stolen. Uh, this, this is nonsense, right? And it's similarly, if we're going to censor rhetoric uh, because it could lead to violence. Again, we saw these riots that occurred in the name of George Floyd and, you know, the idea of systemic racism. There was never any evidence that the death of George Floyd okay. had anything to do with well, real quick. We, we, I'll, leave, we, I'll finish. Okay. There was any, any and never evidence that that was directly result of the officer that killed George Floyd being racist. Yet we saw riot after riot. There was no talks to censor misinformation online. What about hands up, don't shoot? That was a lie. That led to riots. But on point no three, was we're on point three now. Let's, let's just take a step sure. back and go somewhere. Okay. So to bring it back a bit, we're, we're talking about the election. So you mentioned a coup, okay? Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't necessarily think that using the word coup is the best way to describe January 6th. That being said, though, I'm interested to understand what event happened around the 2016 election that was the equivalent of a riot in the Capitol building? to subvert democracy or attempt to? Well, I mean, for example, we saw massive riots that occurred in cities around the country during Trump's inauguration. And in addition to that- But, but wait, wait, right? wait, that's protest. Wait a sec, that's protest though. What did they it's try and subvert democracy? Well, okay, protests we, aren't we, using we, violence. People were being no, protest stores were being looted. Fires were being set. But, That's but, not protest. But like I say, what, what was the purpose of that? Was it was it to like change the process of American democracy? Like, I just don't think there was an yes. event that you can point to as significant as what happened on January 6th, where sure. people stormed the government building to try and subvert or change the democratic process that was sure. going through at the time. Sure. I could list two off the top of my head. May 31st, 2020, where we saw people that claimed that they wanted to remove or kill Donald Trump and let fires at a church and other places around D.C. stormed the White House. The only reason that they were unable to get in the White House, despite the fact that they were armed more than anyone on January 6th, they were armed with Molotov cocktails, lasers designed to blind police, 
uh, clubs, other sorts of weapons. Uh, the only reason they were unsuccessful at getting into there was because the what the security understood that with those sort of people coming to town, that there was likely to be violence because of the rhetoric that was being announced online. Unlike with Trump supporters, we hadn't seen any rallies of his really where we saw violence. So they were taken aback. We could get into this, but Trump himself was the only politician on record that actually requested the National Guard be there. Mario Bowser, the Democratic mayor, and we saw Democrat Sergeant of Ar the Sergeant of Arms that's under Nancy Pelosi both said that they didn't want increased security there. So again, we could see that we saw the only difference between May 31st and January 6th is the police were able to stop one group that sought to go in and remove a legitimate elected uh, member of government. And in the other instance, they were unable to stop them from getting into the building. And yet once they got in the building, they were almost all entirely peaceful. And it was only a Trump supporter that was shot. We also see the incident of- That's not really true. Well, there some the other people died it's as not well. not true about that. Sure, I'm willing to talk. What's, I mean, what's not true you, about that? Well, there was a police officer that died. Now I admit that there were um, in immediate reports which said the head was smashed in by a fire extinguisher by Trump supporters, which turned out to not be true. Um, I think it was Officer Sicknick, I believe the person's name was. Correct, that's um, correct, yep. Um, but basically, they had a well. I don't know exactly what happened precisely medically, but my understanding is they some something was aggravated by tear gas, I believe, and they had a heart attack, which led to their death. So that's not true. Uh, th that's not true. The coroner said that they were unable to find any video evidence whatsoever that he ingested tear gas, nor were they able to find that tear gas resulted in the stroke that he received. It's totally okay. inconclusive. Well, so, do, you, do, you, do, you think, do you think do you think that would have happened though if that the event of those days? Do you think he'd have just had a had a heart attack anyway? He could have, he had a stroke and yes, he could have. There were other officers that, that, right, like stuff like that happens. Remember, there were also four people that died that had nothing to do with that. Or, um, three people that died aside from Sicknick and uh, Ashley Babbitt. Uh, and they died of medical yeah, yeah. conditions as well. And they had nothing mm -hmm. to do whatsoever with rioting. So, yeah, I mean, even in a like robust protest that nothing illegal is happening. Sure, people's blood pressure could rise. People could suffer strokes and things like that. Like, sure, that could happen. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, like, so just to be clear as well, like, you know, I, you know, I, I think that the way that some people acted around the, the murder of Ashley Babbitt was disgraceful. She was an unarmed yeah. protester, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to call it shot by police. So that was really bad, right? Um, but, but yeah, I just, what, I, what I'm a bit perplexed by, you know, without getting too much into the weeds, is well, what event happened that matched that in terms of its ferocity i guess or or you know because you're talking about you'll call them riots i call them protests maybe it's a tomato tomato situation but i just don't think there was anything as significant as that that happened around the 2016 election and i'll be happy sure. if you've got any links or anything that i could look at this sure but. so we saw again we saw the riots that occurred as trump was being inaugurated we saw riots again and again there were other so we had the may 31st situation which i told you about we also had uh, with the cabinet the conspiracy theories that were unsourced about brett kavanaugh we saw people storm the heart building of the Capitol, storm past police that was trying to keep them out and then chase senators into elevators. We saw that occur. Now, so the, it, what this is, is, and all of this is a red herring anyways from the issue to say, well, we're conceding that far more conservatives were censored. We're just saying because the rhetoric they were using was used by a very small amount of people to do a bad thing. And let me be as clear as possible. Those that engaged with fighting with the police on January 6th that were Trump supporters absolutely should be prosecuted and it was despicable. I called that out on the day of January 6th and I'll continue to say that. Having said that, the events of that day have been massively blown out of proportion and the majority of people that were there were only 
exercising their free rights. And, and by majority, I mean over 99%. And even those that went into the Capitol, although it's a crime, it should be a crime in the same vein that it was a crime when people entered the Capitol under Kavanaugh. They should be given a small fine. Instead, they're held in solitary confinement. But I'm not here to talk about the treatment of them. What I'm here to talk about is this is all a red herring from you've already conceded far more conservatives were censored. You're just saying, well, that's because a small number of them, a minuscule number of well, them right. uh, that, that said this thing and acted violence. Is that the same standard that social media has well, the, when the, other the, movements enact violence based on rhetoric we see the, online? The, the, the problem you've got there, right, is you're using these grand figures. So, for example, you say, oh, this many people were censored, right? You know, right. if you told me you won't believe it, 100,000 people were censored last year on social media. And then it transpired that, well, the reason they were censored is because they were uploading indecent images of children, for example. I would go, well, yeah, that's you know understandable. They were breaking the rules in a significant, severe way. So it's just to contextualize it a little bit, you know. Um, and listen, I will, I will happily admit and discuss around TOS and its unfair enforcement. But fundamentally, you know, conservatives have, have issues following the rules that are in place. Um, you know, that a different conversation could be had about whether the TOS is fair, whether it's enforced fairly, but at a fundamental basis, you've got to follow the rules of the platform that you're on to the best of your ability. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, follow the rules five head. Like, I don't know how else to put it. But this is this is always the excuse of authoritarian and censorships. And you would and let me let me try to bring this to an argument that maybe you would agree with. Right. Like we understand that people sometimes when law enforcement at a local or smaller level behaves improperly, what they do is they selectively enforce the law. So, for example, if you lived in a town where 100 people were arrested for jaywalking and 98 percent of them were black and the officer said, well, that's because they broke the law. They did. They broke the law. And you would say, but mm. why is there such a huge discrepancy? Well, well, black people must jaywalk more than white people. You would say that's an incredible claim that demands incredible evidence. And we don't see evidence of that, that conservatives do that. And I'll get to specifics if you like. Well, the thing is, I think that um, you've got to look at it in, in a context, right? So the jaywalking thing's fine. But if we're looking at the rules of social media, like I'm sure you would agree that stuff around indecent children is fine. We shouldn't have like ISIS beheading videos on the main page of Twitter and so on and so on. Um, you know, there's going to be certain rules which maybe you don't like or disagree with, but you still have got to follow them to some degree, right? Like, you know, um, inciting violence, that's, that's a legal thing. You know, platforms have an obligation to not have illegal, illicit content on their platform. So if someone's inciting violence, you know, it even goes beyond just being, in my opinion, about a profit motive. There's a legal requirement there for that service to remove that content so they don't break the law. So, you know, Okay, so let's uh, yeah. let's take it inciting violence specifically. So there were conservatives that were considered to be viola uh, violating inciting violence, and they were censored. Let's take the example of Carlos Maza, who worked for Vox News, uh, Vox with a V. Uh, he's a left winger. He publicly, he publicly. Oh, oh I'm getting some feedback here. Feedback from James's account. Praise mute yourself. Praise mute yourself. Um, Anyways, so Carlos Maza, he said, and it was reported thousands of times and was big on Twitter and other places, he suggested that we should make conservatives uncomfortable to gather in public and should do things like throw objects like milkshakes on them. Now, this is assault by any definition. He said this, it was reported, Twitter allowed this statement to stay up. They did not punish Carlos Maza. Two days after that, journalist Andy No had milkshakes thrown at him, and there was a possibility that there were chemicals put in the milkshakes. As the milkshakes were being thrown at him, he was physically attacked. That was the 
there's no chemicals in the milkshake. That was not okay. The, the original allegation was it doesn't matter. He was clearly assaulted, not just with the milkshakes, but with fist. And this resulted in no suspension or determinate or determination of any sort of censorship whatsoever in Carlos Maza. And if you go back and you look at the debate that Tim Pool had with uh, Jack Dorsey, and I forget, I can't pronounce her name, Vita, or one of the people that uh, is in charge of Twitter along with Jack Dorsey, incident after incident. Tim Pohl would be able to say, here is a conservative that got censored, and yet here is a left winger doing arguably the same thing or worse. Why didn't you censor them? And every time they're like, well, it's a judgment call. Sure, okay. I'm just trying to bring up the tweet in question. Um, so yeah, he said, milkshake them all, humiliate them at every turn, make them dread organizing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I look at a tweet like that and I think that's probably unnecessary and excessive. Um, but I think that there's a difference between um, something like that and the president of the United States directly calling on his followers to take specific action, you know, around the Capitol building, which then led to that happening. You know, I think, okay. listen, I, I, I listen, I'll be honest with you. You know, people laugh about the Andy No thing, you know. Yeah, I don't think Andy No should have milkshakes thrown at him. OK, but I think there's a big or difference beaten. in impact or beaten. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll happily admit that. But I think okay. there's a big difference between that happening and the, like the events of January 6th, you know. So, okay, so even if we say maybe this could have incited that, it's inciting a much lower instance of, uh, you know, the the manifestation of this this violence, you know. Well, that's not true. So for, again, so there's a lot of things that are being conflated. So once we say, okay, well, it's different. So the reasons conservatives are censored more is because more violence came from the things they were saying. That's just definitively not true. We can see in the past four years, it's not even close to the amounts of political violence that we've seen. People committing political violence in the name of a lot of rhetoric that's being spread on social media, much of it lies like hands up, don't shoot and other things like that. That violence has been far more prolific than the violence that occurred January 6th. Similarly, Donald Trump never directly called for people to engage in violence or anything like that. But compare Donald Trump's statements to Maxine Waters' statements. So the eve of the Chauvin verdict, as there were riots occurring in Minneapolis, Maxine Waters actually showed up to Minneapolis and said that if they didn't get the verdict they wanted, they needed to increase the intensity of the actions they were taking. Now, Maxine Waters, or nor none of the people that were pushing and retweeting this on social media, were censored. How is that not a, a more wait, direct wait, wait, call oh, to wow. incitement? Maxine Waters made a public statement in a speech OK, that isn't her using Twitter in the same way that Trump did. Right. So if someone is retweeting it or commenting or writing a story about it, you're just writing a story of the news of what a politician said. Right. It's like if I said, I hope that I'm going to go and kill X person. Right. I would rightly get removed from social media for a comment like that, probably. But if a news reporter came along and said, Chud Logic said he's going to go and kill X person. I wouldn't expect them to get banned because they're just reporting on a fact that happened. Maxine Waters right. is a, is a, is a distraction that, because she's not on social media saying these things, you know? Do you think it, it's at the, the same people, level as Trump was. Sorry, go okay, on. do you think there were people retweeting or commenting on what Maxine Waters saying, saying yes, exactly? And if so, should they have been censored? Well, I mean, what, what was her exact phrasing? What did she say? I don't remember the exact word, but she basically said we needed to increase the intensity. Now, again, what we can see I mean, increase is, the intensity. That, that's, that's a different... As riots, as riots are occurring. What did Trump say that was a call to violence? I mean, all he said was go be peaceful, exercise your rights peacefully. What did he say that was a call to violence? Sorry, one sec. I mean, basically, now, the... Sorry, go on. Yeah, so we could we actually have studies that have been done on this. So if you don't mind, I'll read part of a study on this. Yeah, um, please go on. Sure. So 
let's see, Professor Richard Hania did a study on prominent people that had been censored leading into the 2016 election, right? And he found that there were 22 prominent people that reference politics quite often that were censored. Of the 22 that were censored, 21 of them publicly supported Donald Trump. The only one that was censored that, that did not support Donald Trump was Rose McGowan. And she was censored for doxing people. But other than that, 21 out of 22 people were politically censored. Now, he talks about how you could make this argument. You could say, well, maybe it's more likely that conservatives violate TOS than liberals. But mathematically, it seems beyond the pale. You would have to think that based on this data, that there were 22 prominent people that were censored and almost all of them were conservatives. You would have to say that it's something like conservatives are 21 more times likely to violate TOS than Democrats. And this is nonsense, especially given a world where you already admitted that Twitter and social media places do sometimes censor people and they get it wrong. So you don't, you're not willing to concede that giving these stark numbers, that there's a significant chance that bias influenced the type of people that they were censoring? So I just want to go back to Trump's tweets, because you mentioned there that um, Trump said about going in peace, right? That's what he said at the here rally, sure. Um, well, my understanding, based on what I'm, what I'm looking at here, he said this after the events of January 6th. Um, he, no, talked he, said about, he talked about going home in love and peace after what had happened. So this wasn't a case of him, you know, making an impassioned plea to people to not engage in violence. Um, the rhetoric and his language leading up to January the 6th all pointed in a very specific direction, uh, you know, of... Show me um, the tweet where he called for violence. I'll condemn it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but the point I'm trying to make here is that it's, it, you know, it's all very well, uh, you know, to after the fact say, oh, well, you know, um, you should go in peace and you should go in love. But if it, every, all of your rhetoric leading up to it leads to a certain point, then then surely, you know, that's irrelevant then at that point. Um, okay, two things. You know. Two things. One, he did not say it after the fact. He literally said it at his rally that go there, be peaceful before the rioting started happening. So that's one. It wasn't after the fact. But second, the question of the tweets leading into that day. I didn't see one tweet whatsoever that called for violence. Not one. And the, what, what's being done here is we see that people that are on the left and that want to downplay the amount of conservatives that are being censored, they make all of these logical leaps. They say, well, what Trump was saying was lies and that's incitement. But what we actually, why does it, let me ask you just point blank. Does something have to be a lie for it to be incitement? Well, wait, wait, no, of course not. It doesn't have to be a lie to be incitement, sure. does it? Um, right. Okay. So that's but the yeah. Point. So, so sorry, uh, just, just to be clear as well, because obviously, you know, you're, you're very concerned with these, um, these Trump tweets. Um, so basically, um, the reason that, that cause you talk as well about how we said going in peace and love and this happened after the event, um, the specific tweet um, that ended up getting him banned um, was the 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first and make America great again. Um, will have a giant voice long into the future. They'll not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form. Um, and then he went on to tweet to the, all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. Um, and this is, you know, following a long period in which he's tweeted um, uh, a variety of things uh, that whipped his followers up into a frenzy, which led to the results of January 6th. 
So this is the thing that ended up getting him banned from Twitter. Basically, he showed no remorse. He didn't um, show any any willingness to back down from his position that had led to these events. And that's what led to his inevitable ban from these social media platforms. It's, it's not. Let me read again, like what you just said. He got banned for the following statement. The 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form. To all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration. That's it. That's why they banned the president of the United States. Now, leaders of China that have talked about downplaying uh, their enslavement of Uyghur Muslims, Louis Farrakhan and racists like that that have called for violence, called uh, Jews insects after the Pittsburgh synagogue shooter, uh, that have called for uh, a black nation, that have called for black nationalism and the demonization of white people, uh, leaders of Iran and other places like that, uh, leaders of Antifa that blatantly called for violence. All of their platforms are allowed to stay. But Donald Trump tweeting, the nail in the often was when he tweeted, I won't go to Biden's inauguration. This is nonsense. And we could see that what happens is, again, if we, let's go back to my question. You said, no, it doesn't have to be a lie in order to be incitement. Okay. But the, was the, there the, more what, damage? What, what, okay. What, what so you're missing ahead. though, and this is why, this is why it's difficult. And this is why it's so difficult with these conversations, right? Basically, Trump's um, pattern of tweeting and his speeches, um, you know, led to certain conclusions. It's very difficult to pinpoint a tweet and say, this is it. This is the one tweet where he's done the thing because his rhetoric and his words and his tweets and his communications um, built, built a, um, you know, slowly built this um, kind of kind of movement of people. Who, who went and perpetrated these acts, it's quite tricky to point to an individual tweet and saying, there it is, that's the incitement of violence. It was done in, you know, insidiously over a period of time. And that's why his ban, you've got to look at it in the broader context. It's nonsense. And if we give these people, it's clearly biased and influencing that because we've seen, again, it is undisputable that the violence politically that we saw from the left in the past year far surpassed any of the violence that we saw from the right. And you might say, but the people that were tweeting things that led to that incitement were tweeting things that were true. For example, Kamala Harris publicly tweeted a bail fund for the people that were burning down the police barracks in Minneapolis and the people that were arrested for rioting in Minneapolis. The future vice president tweeted a bail fund for that. She wasn't removed for promotion of yeah, violence. Wait, 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 before you go off on a million points. How is tweeting out a bail fund? What's that got to do with promoting violence? Did she say, th because what does saying that I'm not going to attend Joe Biden's inauguration have to do with promotion so violence? The, okay, so the re, okay. The reason if that I that particular just, tweet, sorry, go on. So if I could just interject real quick, because uh, we're about halfway through the debate here, the uh, open discussion format, and uh, we're going to have 30 minutes of Q&A following that. So I just want to remind everybody in the chat to send in their super chats so that they can get their questions read uh, and get them on top priority and uh, tag me at Modern Day Debate or at Factitionalist Network. If you have another question, uh, they won't be read first, but if they if we don't have enough uh, super chats, they'll be read anyways. And don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, smash that like button. And uh, the guests are linked in the description below. And sorry for the interruption guys continue on please no that's okay so uh, let me just explain so the context of this is a, a lengthy period of time over months in which the um uh, viability or the election was called into question repeatedly by trump okay so the, the reason for this is this was considered something violence is basically more or less twofold the first is trump not intending the inauguration was considered a sign of his um seeing a lack of legitimacy in it and the second aspect is it's kind of a wink and a nod to his followers of I'm not going to be at the inauguration. So if you go and tear shit up, you know, I'm not going to be there. Obviously, the difficulty is 
you know, Trump didn't come out and say explicitly, uh, you know, oh, yes, go and do this action, because obviously he knows that he can't do that. So he's got to work okay. in hints and stuff like okay. that. So, so uh, you've so got let to, me just ask to... you a question to yeah, see sorry. if this is equally applied. Would you hold the same logic to AOC? Hasn't her record of all the things she said and tweeted and talked about on Instagram and Twitch and other places like that, hasn't it talked about how horribly systemic racist this was? Uh, this country is in an environment where people are rioting because of systemic racism. So does that mean she's winking and nodding to calls to violence? I mean, you know, I, I guess we could look at the tweets, but I don't I don't see anything of the same level or the same significance as what Trump was doing. No, not that I've seen anyway. I mean, so so we'll get off the Trump thing. Like, it's not just Trump. Like we see uh, I, real quick. Another prominent person I want to talk about. We see right wingers that are censored for claims of things that they claim are racial things, even if oftentimes they're ambiguous and they're not blatant calls to racism. Meanwhile, we see former New York Times or maybe current New York Times reporter Sarah Jung uh, have tweet after tweet about how all white people are evil and we need to go against white people and violent things she'd like to do against white people. This was brought the attention to Twitter, which is blatantly against their terms of service of racism, and yet she was allowed to remain. Can you explain why that's the case? Okay, what's what's this tweet? I mean, I, I can look at it. Sarah Young, right? I've, I've not. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not on board with the, uh, you know, all white people are this or white people are that. I'm against essentialist takes. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, the, the only thing I would say is that you know, my understanding is is. Um, this because there was always this thing of oh if you if you put in about black people you get banned if you put in about white people you get banned my understanding currently is if you tweet out anything regarding a race you want to harm a certain race or something like that you can regardless of whether it's against white people or whatever you can receive consequences for that you can be suspended your account can be banned so i mean okay so so what the, again say? these mishap and i think I mean, we'll leave it to the audience. That's all we could do as people that are debating. But the idea that we're okay, we're okay banning Donald Trump for saying I'm not going to attend a rally because even though he never had a call for violence, it wasn't it's just for clear, that though. But it, right. So it was for him questioning the election, right? Now, when the Democrats questioned the election or they talked about racism or they said that Trump was a spy and we saw violence as a result of that, no problem. None of them got censored. Mm. Even when they sure. pushed things that were blatant lies like hands up, don't shoot. That was a lie that's still being pushed that literally led to riots that even Eric Holder's Justice well, Department said was a lie. Well, and that's me, been tweeted start, over and over by Let me just ask, off the back of this stuff you're talking about, was there like, you know, a future armed protest being planned or proliferating? Was this a thing that was happening? Yes. There were massive riots in Ferguson around the country and Michael Brown was shot. Even right. after those riots occurred. I mean, for God's sakes, we saw someone murder five police officers at a Black Lives Matter rally in Dallas in 2018. And this was all based on a lie that the Eric Holder Justice sure. Department proved was a lie. I mean, no one got censored. People to this day tweet, hands up, don't shoot. That is a lie that led to violence and they don't get censored for saying it. They don't. The thing, is, the thing is, OK, I'm aware that the hands up, don't shoot thing was not was not accurate, you know, um, from my understanding of looking at the case. However, I think it's a bit of a stretch to say just tweeting that out, even erroneously, is somehow a call to violence. Um if anything, to me, that is a call to say, OK, well, you know, like it, it's, it's a call for the, the reduction of violence by the police, if you like, rather than being a call to act violently. Personally, This is but. nonsense. People engaged in violence incited by that motto. That motto has been discredited and people know that the motto is a lie and that it led to violence. And yet they still talk about it. And we say, oh, that should be allowed to stay. That's not a call to violence. But Trump saying that he wouldn't attend an inauguration. That's mm. a dog whistle to call to violence. But the, the I mean, this is the double standard that I'm talking. About. And real quick, I just want to make this point to everyone. You're not debating whether or not more conservatives are being censored or not you're just saying well they must have broke the rules more and this is the type of thing we're saying 
Sure, but you've got to contextualize it, right? Because um, you know, if if let's say a bunch of conservatives got got sent got taken off Twitter, and it transpired that a lot of them were um, sharing indecent images of children or sharing ISIS beheading videos, well, you go, well, they broke the rules explicitly, so that makes sense. So that's why it's important to contextualize this because you know it makes it, it it's irrelevant that the the pure numbers or the raw numbers. It's about you know, are these people engaging in behavior which is in in breach of the rules? And um, yeah, like I think it's important to contextualize that. Do, do you know? I mean, it, it's just, I, I mean, again, but you're conflating, you're talking about a hypothetical. We're talking about the literal situation of what happened. Yeah, if people were placing beheading videos, sure, then I guess they've clearly violated terms of service. What we're talking about is one, we are in agreement that conservatives were censored more. The question now is, did they deserve to be censored more? And so we're talking about, you're saying, well, it wasn't a direct call for violence, but Trump should have been censored because it was clearly a dog whistle. So when we're talking about things that were factually in correct that led to violence that are still promoted by left-wingers on Twitter and them not being punished for it. What is the standard of which Twitter is using to say, oh, well, you can't say things that we think are untrue that people might go out and engage in violence. But it seems like when left-wingers do it, it's no problem. Yeah, sure. I, I guess the issue I've got here is, is you're trying to claim that these kind of esoteric principles or concepts or, you know, even a phrase like hands up, don't shoot, which is in itself, you know, I've got my hands up, don't shoot me. That is a rejection of violence. That's saying don't engage in violence because I'm not a threat. But you're trying to paint that as, uh, you know, in some way the same as this context that I've mentioned of, uh, you know, Trump's social media presence from the uh, outcome of the 2020 election through to January. And I just think that those are two very different things. I, I mean, I, again, all I could say is it's absurd. Like it seems if I'm trying to be as objective as possible that you were stretching as far as you can to say, well, clearly Trump's dog whistling to violence. And then you're stretching as far as you can to say, yes, even though people were spreading a motto that was largely used to encourage riots around this country, or it was largely used, I don't want to say to encourage her, it was largely used by people rioting and it was definitively debunked. And people are still using it. Well, I'm not considering that a call to violence. And we see this all the time. Twitter claims that they censor fake news or social media claims they censor fake news. And yet the president of the United States, Joe Biden, and thousands upon thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of Democrats have routinely said that Donald Trump said Nazis were good people. He never did. Now, what do you think happens? Do you think that there could potentially be violence if someone is spreading a lie that the president of the United States said Nazis are good people? Don't you think that people could interpret that lie of saying, holy shit, I have to fight back against a president that's defending Nazis? Um, I mean, that sure, there's a possibility of anything inciting anyone. I mean, uh, you know, the guy that... Um, kill, tried to kill Bjork was influenced by a music or something. I can't remember the details. So anything can influence anyone. But I guess what I would look at is like, well, what are the outcomes of what's happening? And um, I mean, I think there maybe were a couple of attempts on the president's life. I'm not sure if that's an excess to other presidents or not. Um, but I don't think that that actually formulated in real life violence against the president or attempts of violence against the president. You know, conservatives made a big deal. Was it Kathy Young who had the beheaded head of Trump, which I think was a kind of cringy gesture oh, sorry, I agree Griffin. I have no problem with it that, yeah I think yeah sure but I think you know you you might support it from a free speech perspective I probably do too but it's a cringy kind of kind of sure. thing but mm -hmm. but I, th I think that like 
I don't think that led to people trying to then go and behead Trump. Whereas if you look at the rhetoric of Trump and what he was talking about, that led to actual outcomes of he consistently called into question the outcome of the election. And then Trump supporters went and tried to interfere with the electoral process off the back of all of that propaganda. Again, we're, we're back to uh, hands up, don't shoot. It wasn't a call for peace. What it was was an implication that a black man was shot by a racist police officer who was trying to give himself up and he was executed. That was a lie. It didn't happen like that. And it was a lie that led to people rioting. And that lie was still pushed. So again, you saying, oh, well, Trump was saying things that led to a bad outcome. Therefore, Trump and conservatives need to be censored. Again, we already articulated that well, it, was only, it was far less than 1% of the people at the Capitol that engaged in this violence, right? Far less than that so hundreds of thousands of people had questions about the election to censor all of them is ridiculous when we could see commiserate things on the left that led to violence again it's not debatable that there was more left-wing violence in the past year than right-wing violence and yet we don't censor anyone for inciting that left-wing violence why is that i mean just to be clear on one point you keep saying you know i think trump should have been censored just to make my position clear um i don't think personally trump should have been banned only because he was a world leader at the time um, you know, and I think that his position meant he should have remained on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think you're looking at this like from the perspective of what what caused, for example, the last year, the protests around the George Floyd murder were people witnessing Derek Chauvin murdering George Floyd on video and seeing it and getting frustrated and angry and then going out and taking action off the back of it. There wasn't like, you know, a certain group of people that were saying, yes, you must go out and do these protests and, you know, um, sure there you was. must go and you must. Sure yeah, but was. not. Okay. But the thing is that there wasn't a sort of a significant pointed um, action there to like go and target democracy or go and target a certain government building. It was, it was more That's broad organizing to engage in protests you know, which That's were designed to, there and also percent. there were statistics that showed that there were a high percentage, I think 93% of the protests around Black Lives Matter were actually peaceful last year. But cool. how many, how many, what, cool. how many percent of the protests around the election were violent? I mean, um, name me the I, incidents that were violent of people. I mean, how, were how, many, election how many, results. yeah, but the, the thing is, is like how many protests were there around the election compared to how many protests there were during Black Lives Matter? Sure. So we look at the percentage of them. There were thousands of protests about the election. There was one in my little town. There was a Black Lives Matter rally in my little town as well. And mm. there was one incidence of violence. There were 233 incidents, locations of violence surrounding Black Lives Matter. But a location means that if multiple acts of violence occurred in one location, it only counts as one. For example, we saw 90 straight days of rioting in Portland. Many of the times, the people that were rioting in Portland actually used social media to communicate with each other to talk about specific tactics that they were going to use that night to riot. Those social media accounts remain. Sure. But I don't think that's the same as the president inciting violence in the people that follow him. He didn't. He didn't incite. So uh, well, just a couple just other things. So, so we'll move away from Trump. What do you say yeah, yeah, about okay. like another example of person like. So, for example, we had a governor in the form of Ron DeSantis who was talking to medical professionals that was justifying his ending of the lockdown. That conversation was removed from YouTube and other social media places. Why is that? Um, I mean, I presume that that was probably because of YouTube's uh, policy on medical misinformation. Um, I think that, but he was um, right. I mean, if he was right and it was a mistake, then yeah, YouTube have messed up. You know, I think that. Okay. Um, Can you name me a left wing person? But just to be just to, just just to be clear, you know, um, I, I I don't know the ins and outs of this event, so I don't know what they were saying. Um, I, I don't know the the details of it. All I can go off is by by what you're talking about here. So. I mean, okay. without seeing the conversation or knowing the, the context and the medical stuff around it, you know. Well, that, 
but again, but that might be a reason that maybe you're wrong in this debate. Again, you're already conceding that more conservatives are censored. You're just saying they probably deserve it. You're not providing any evidence to show that. Now, the, pro- can the you- problem you've got is you're jumping around all these different examples, you know, and, and like but, some but, of I it, mean, I, we spent an awful lot know, of time well, on Trump. DeSantis, I mean, you well, don't want to just focus sure, on but, that, but, right? No, sure. But, you know, you're expecting me to know about the intricacies of a conversation some fucking governor had. You know, no, this is the problem with arguing with fucking right to conservatives is and it's fine if you only know about American stuff. That's cool. But, you know, it's always focused so much on America and what's happening in America. Most people don't give a fuck about Roger DeSantis. Okay, Uh, I don't know. I don't know why you're so fucking focused on whatever this guy's name is. Like, I don't know. Because the focus is there's three ways that we look at this. So the first way we could look at it is were there more average people that are right wing that were conservative that were censored? Yes, we've agreed. You just said they probably observed it. Then we're talking about prominent people that were censored. So I read a study that showed that going into the 2016 election in this country, that 21 out of 22 people that were censored were Donald Trump supporters. This is media professionals, pundits, journalists, things like that. There were 22 that were censored on Twitter and 21 of them were Trump supporters, right? Uh, you don't really have an answer for that. You just say, well, they must have violated terms of service. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't know the details of the reasons that they were banned. You know, like I'm not I'm not beholden to this position to say, like, if someone was unfairly banned, I'm going to be like, well, they were conservative, so they probably deserved it. Like, you know, to look at the totality of what someone said, you know, uh, like, like, you know, like I say, That's I've been affected personally. Works. If if I can't just real quick, like the way the debate works, you're taking the position like you're literally saying, I understand more conservatives were banned. You're not disputing. You're not providing counter evidence. You're not saying, uh, no, actually, that study was incorrect. You're just saying, well, I don't know, but I still guess that they probably deserve to be censored. That's not really an argument. Well, well, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that in cases that I'm familiar with, like, say, prominent conservative figures, um, what you tend to find is is there are specific named reasons that these people are banned from social media platforms. Um, You know, the fact that you can bring up examples of of people I maybe I'm not as familiar with, like, you know, I don't know the totality of everyone that's ever been banned from social media. All I can go by is, you know, what I know and from what I understand, when people are banned permanently... You know, it tends to be quite a significant reason for that. And the other thing as well is you're conflating a lot of things here. You're talking about a single conversation getting removed from YouTube. I don't know. Maybe that was the right decision. Maybe it was the wrong decision. But that's different to being banned permanently. I've had videos removed from YouTube. You know, I, I just, you know, I think that pointing to one case where a conversation of a video has been removed. Um, you know, yeah, sure. I've had videos removed. Like I know other lefties that have had videos removed. I know lefties that have been demonetized. You know, I know lefties that have been banned from like Twitter. Like, I, you know, it's it's all just anecdotes okay. of like this person's banned, that person's banned. Whereas I don't, think the broad tota- I don't think like, the broad we're... totality of the evidence that we've got, you know, point points to the thing that you're saying. And by the way, everything that I'm saying, uh, I put m- much of this in chat. If you w- ask for any of the studies that I'm citing or anything like that, no problem. I can provide them for you, Chad. Um, We're not just talking about anecdotal evidence. We're talking about specific evidences of hypocrisy. We're talking about the data that shows how many people have been censored. Like, and just brushing this off as, well, it's just right-wingers complaining. Clearly the data shows that right-wingers are censored more. And you don't, you're just, you're just on a wing and a prayer saying, I have a gut feeling. We also have a lawsuit. uh, Go ahead. So I was just, just going to say, um, it's interesting that you mentioned all this data that you've got, because um, mm-hmm. there was a study that was conducted by New York University into the specific question of whether right wingers are being, you know, censored <clears throat> unduly or whatever on, on social media. And it made the claim, and I agree with it, that the data is quite lacking, you know, in terms of like understanding, because Twitter, Facebook, etc. Obviously, they keep their cards quite close to their chest. So 
there's not actually a huge amount of data that demonstrates this person was banned for this reason, you know, and as a data thing, it tends to be more anecdotal where someone says, oh, I got banned from Twitter for this reason. Or, oh, I got banned from Twitter for that reason. So I'm just interested. What Where's this data that you speak of? Because this so New York University the... study didn't seem to find it. Right. So two things. One, I put the Quillette study, which it's in the chat. And I could, mm, okay. I think I put it in the chat with you, which talked about the 22 people that were censored. You can see the methodology and things like that that they used in the study. Let me find it again. Uh, I just posted it in the chat, though. Uh uh, secondly, the New, York, the New York University study, first, it was compiled by Craig Newark, who's a billionaire tech titan that actually donated to Biden. Second, here's the most important line that we see within this study, and I'm quoting, the question of whether social media companies harbor an anti-conservative bias can't be answered conclusively because the data available in academic and civil society research aren't sufficiently detailed. Existing periodic enforcement disclosures by Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are helpful, but not granular enough to allow thorough analysts by outliers. However, this study was touted and was titled to say false accusation, the unfounded claim that social media companies censor conservatives. Within that document that was founded by a prolific, you know, multi multi-billionaire Democrat and donator to Joe Biden, they admit, actually, we don't have the data to prove that's unfounded. Now, I could provide you links to people that were whistleblowers in places like Facebook that were told that they had a culture of censoring conservative. We can see that the data clearly shows that the people that are working at these companies clearly have a bias in the forms that they donate. So again, and what we're saying is, well, listen, just, sorry, just, just to be fair, I, sure. you know, I will fully admit that these big tech platforms have got a liberal bias and I would not be surprised to see them don donating to democratic causes, uh, you know, more so than conservative ones. But, you know, pointing to something like um, Facebook, uh, where there's information that tells us that a lot of the um, news stories that are popular on Facebook on a day-to-day -day basis tend to be from right-wing sources like Ben Shapiro, uh, you know, Dan Bongino. Is that the guy's name, I think? Sure, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I think that, you know, pointing to something like Facebook isn't necessarily going to be the best way to do it because, you know, there's evidence that demonstrates that conservative news sources are, are fairly popular on there. Um, but that's different. That, saying that... So, that Conservatives. So again, one of the reasons that conservatives tended to migrate towards social media was because there's such mm -hmm. a bias against conservatives in traditional forms of media. So saying there's a lot of conservatives on Facebook, therefore they can't be, uh, when whistleblowers come out and say, actually, we're being instructed to censor certain conservative posts, that doesn't prove that that censorship's not being directed. Again, there's still a lot of conservatives that use Twitter, sure, but, 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 but that the, doesn't dispute the okay, fact that we saw over 200,000 censored if, about okay, the election. But if, okay, so if you've got a, um, a lot of conservatives um on a platform consuming news um you know this news to push these news stories to the top it just kind of goes against this narrative that there's you know all these significant amounts of conservatives being banned um also you I'm mentioned uh, you mentioned you mentioned this um this figure i've actually got a figure here so in the first half of 2020 uh, the most recent period for which Twitter has uh, released enforcement statistics, the company suspended approximately 926,700 accounts um, much of this growth was driven by a 68% increase in suspensions related to child sexual exploitation. So I'm just wondering if you think that, you know, is it is that conservatives, it's conservatives that just happen to be doing child sexual exploitation? Is, is that linked somehow? Maybe? I don't know. It's a, it's a red herring. This has nothing to do just because even if 90% of the people that were censored were for child sex, that's not the percentage we're talking about. We're talking about the other 10% that were censored for other things, whether there is a bias to go against conservatives. And you're not making any arguments as to why that's not the case. 
In addition to this, so I linked to you a study from a lawsuit that has official documentation that talks about in California, and I believe there's a lawsuit out of Michigan, both of which suggest that the Office of Election Councils have worked hand in hand with Twitter and creating Twitter's policies to censor information that they think is mm. critical of the election to the point where there's actual direct communications from people that run Twitter to people that work in state agencies when the state agencies say, we think that this person is questioning the election and they should be censored. Oftentimes, this censorship occurs within 24 hours when Democrats in the Office of Election Council actually points out to Twitter itself. There are official back channels that go from Twitter and the Office of Election Council. Uh, Council. Yeah, so this okay. is literally, and I pro provided that link to you. Um, okay. Talk I mean, about the specifics you know, you want. No, that's okay, because you're, you're throwing a lot of stuff in which is fair enough. One second, guys. One second, up. guys. I'm sorry. I, I, I was... Um... I had a technical issue. I had to restart my whole computer and everything. So I've been offline for a second. So if anybody had sent any questions that were not super chats in the last couple minutes that I, while I was off screen, please resend them because I did not see them. Um, if you had any super chats, they will be uh, sent to me before the stream is over. So I will be able to see those. But if you had any other questions, please resend them now. Um, I'm back in the chat now. Uh, we have about five more minutes left in the uh, debate. Okay. So please continue. Well, Go ahead. There, there's Okay. So the list of 22 people, obviously, I'm having a quick look at it now, includes people like Richard Spencer and Mike Enoch. So you claiming those on your side? Those are, you know, they're considered free speech. Right wing. They're free right. speech, what about, uh, free speech they're legends, left- are they trying to? No, they considered right wing. There's left wing mm, equivalents okay. like Louis Farrakhan. Was he censored? He was allowed to push his rage hatred, which someone parroting his logic murdered how many Jews at a Pittsburgh synagogue? I mean, one week, one week, real quick, one week before that murder occurred at a Pittsburgh synagogue, Louis Farrakhan was out there talking about how Jews are like termites, and his channel's okay. allowed to stay. Well, the problem, the problem I've got, and you know, I, I know what probably response is going to come from this. I wouldn't consider consider that fella to be left wing myself. Um, <laughs> I believe he's na- nation of Islam, right? Which is an essentialist. Uh, anyway, that's besides the point. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'd look at it and go, yeah, he should have been banned. But I don't know the material of these these tweets. Like, you know. I don't know. All right. And, 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 and you know, just the, the, the problem as well, thing. you know, because okay. you're talking about like Richard Spencer, like he's still on fucking Twitter. Like what, what's the problem with Richard Spencer? What happened to him? Did he get, did he get a few tweets deleted or something? Like what, what do you mean? Many of them got censored, particularly around the times of the election. The most important issue that we have okay. talked about real quick, uh, because we only have five minutes and I want to yeah, say yeah, this sure. is censorship in the name of eliminating fake news around the time of the election that was directed towards helping Joe Biden and the Democrats. For example, the most, the oldest newspaper in this country, the New York Post, was censored for accurately reporting a story about Hunter and Joe Biden getting money from the communist government of China and a laptop that was found. That was considered a conspiracy two weeks before the election. That The New York Post was censored from social media. People trying to push that okay. story were censored from social yeah. media. A Rasmussen poll said that one third of Democrats said, had they been aware of that story at the time that they voted, that they would not have voted for Joe Biden. So so that was directly the, these places <clears throat> operating to and real and real quick, Robert well, Epstein, a professor, yep. talked about how these sort of things and algorithms and things like that had the ability to sway 16 million votes in the 2020 election alone. Okay. And he anticipates so, that this sort of stuff swayed 2.6 million votes in the 2016 election for Hillary Clinton. Okay. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually, at the time, criticized Twitter heavily for censoring the article. Um, it's good really though, because after, I think I believe a day or two, um, Twitter realized they'd made a mistake and they rescinded it and they allowed the, yes, it is. They, um, they they did so after the election. It wasn't after the election. Yes, they did. No, no, I don't think it was after the election. It was a couple of days after it happened. Um, I can't remember the exact dates off the top of my head, but yeah, I don't think it was after the election. It was within, I I think the New York post, um, my understanding is I believe they 
had some issues with their Twitter account ongoing. But the article itself, Twitter released a, a press release and said, yeah, we made a mistake on this one. Um, we, we shouldn't have blocked this. And then you could you could share it on, on social media. Uh, that's not true. Uh Twitter, C- this is from the New York Post. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey Wednesday falsely told Senator that his company lifted a ban on users tweeting articles from the Post Hunter Biden. About one minute. Despite uh, anyone could tweet these articles, he said. But Twitter users noted quickly that the social media network still banned the distribution of the Post article describing a business proposal in China. Jack Dorsey of Twitter just told Senator Cruz that anyone could share the New York Post bombshell tweet. Dorsey is lying, tweeted Abigail Marone. He wait, lied. Wait, that's this a was... different story, though. I mean, I don't know the details of the second much. story, but the, the, the that's Hunter the same Biden story. story. The Hunter Biden. Yeah. That's what it says. That, about his, yeah, about his laptop. That was about his right. laptop and the contents of his laptop. Correct. Again, that's exactly what this is talking about. About Hunter Biden and a document indicating a 10% set aside for the big guy. That was the article. Like this was clearly done again. Uh, and you might not say the, the, 30, the, the 31st of um, October. That he literally testified. They tried Let's go to go ahead and this. wrap it up, guys. Okay. 30th so of October, finish. New York Post was back on Twitter. You know, they they never kicked off Twitter. This article was kicked off Twitter and people that were pushing. No, no, it no, no, no. You've got it wrong. Their account was, um, you know, they couldn't post on their account. But on the 30th of October, there's a tweet here saying, yeah, that was when it was released. So it was before the election. Again, they intentionally tried to, at a time when this was important, censor this information. The election occurred in early November. So the fact that they censored this for over two weeks and then lied to Congress saying, no, 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 people could tweet this. And that was a lie. And then maybe a day or two before the election allowed the story to circulate. Again, Rasmussen showed, a poll of Rasmussen showed that one third of Democrats said they would not have voted for Joe Biden if they saw this. You can't show me them censoring, quote, stories. And again, the reasoning that they gave, that them and Facebook gave was, well, we couldn't verify the story. And yet any conspiracy theory about Trump or about Republicans was allowed to continue without any censorship whatsoever. Okay, yeah, quick so, rejoinder, so, then let's go to the Q&A. Yeah, it was, the, the uh, article was blocked on October 14th. That was rescinded around, I believe, October 16th. And then um, the New York Post had its account reinstated on October 30th, which is before the election. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you think this one story would have broken the back of Biden's campaign, fair enough. I just, you know, and I'm not a big fan of Biden, but I don't think this one story would have had that much. Impact. It's not just one story. It okay, was Robbie, the, just let him have the last word because you did go first. Okay, sure. Okay, so let's go ahead and hit the Q&A. Um, let me get the 30 minutes on the clock. And that's going to start now. And um, thank you both for uh, being, you guys are very good at uh, letting each other speak. And, and uh, no, I'm sorry pleasure. for my technical issues. It was a issues. lot of fun. It really was. Yeah. You guys did very good. I'm very proud of you guys for uh, letting each other speak. And it kind of moderated itself for most of it. Uh, I didn't have to interject at all. So let's go ahead and get to this Q&A. We, didn't, we don't have a lot of questions, especially uh, Super Chats. If you guys have any Super Chats now, uh, it would be a great time to send them in because they'll go straight to the top of the list. <clears throat> Our first Super Chat comes in from Bubblegum Gun for $5. Conservatives cry oppression because they aren't allowed to have power to oppress others. Conservatives are just right-wing liberals and want monarchy. I think that's for you, Rob. How would you respond to that? I mean, it's absolutely nonsense. First, it's broad generalizations uh, that certainly that's not the case. I argue against authoritarianism all the time. I, I think one of the things that Chad and I would agree on is that we're both against any of this censorship. We just disagree whether or not it's being more directed. But I think he would join me in saying that any of this censorship is garbage, unless it's a direct call to violence or something like that. So yeah, the idea that conservatives, uh, well, they're being fairly censored because they want to put their thumb on the boot of other people. That's nonsense. And we didn't get to talk about it. But a lot of the other issues that are, again, 
some left-wingers are saying, but predominantly it's right-wingers, are issues that end up being correct that we should be allowed to talk about, like this Hunter Biden story, questions with the CDC and things that they were wrong about, problems with like not allowing, discussing like the lab leak theory and things like that that were censored. Um, and we actually had scientists admit that the reason they were pushing against the lab leak theory was because they thought it would help Donald Trump. We have emails from Dr. Fauci that was working directly with Zuckerberg to control the narrative of what we discussed about the origins of COVID. So these are all examples of right-wing positions that we weren't allowed to talk about that ended up being true. You don't see any examples of that occurring on the left. Okay. Let me just copy and paste this last question that just came in real quick. I'm not sure if it's already been asked before because, uh, you know, I was gone for a while. Uh, anyways, uh, another super chat came in from Corey AB for 199. Question for Rob. Can you define the word quote unquote help? <laughs> uh, that's one of my I can define the word help I choose not to it's an inside joke it's... <laughs> oh and he just sent it a super chat again for 499 so there you time. go you're getting you money choose not to. jokes on him <laughs> <laughs> you sure okay <laughs> last chance nope okay all right um, we had another super chat from I don't know how to say this name reefer sheefers for 299 the 2020 election was stolen with fake ballots. I guess that's for you, Rob. Um, I don't see definitive proof of it. I think there are significant questions, particularly mm. given what we see in New York, uh, that the idea, like oftentimes what we see, I'm not going to try to go too long on this, but oftentimes what you see is people's reactions to something lets you know that there's something fishy going on. It would have been a totally reasonable position for Democrats to say, look, uh, these claims of voter fraud and stuff, there's some things that look shady and we understand we changed the voting systems, but there's no evidence that the election was stolen. That's a reasonable claim. I'm willing to listen to that. But when you come out and you say the most secure elections ever, super secure, nothing could go wrong. And then the first major election we have afterwards, whoopsie daisy, we accidentally put 130,000 test ballots through the voting machine, which amounts to 16% of the total ballots counted. And then when the person that was getting screwed over by it spoke up and said, um, real quick, I see a discrepancy in the total number of ballots. What happened? A bunch of people said, oh, they're spreading the big lie like Donald Trump. Only it wasn't the big lie. And so this is the danger of censoring these things. Even if you think Right. Like, look, this election wasn't stolen or anything like that. If we set the precedent that you can't challenge elections, can't, it's, let's say you're on the left. Can't you see an authoritarian right wing figure trying to cheat the system and then saying we will not allow any conversation of people that disagree with this election? I think that um, that's tyranny. And I think I that think, we should struggle against just, that. Just I think actually, on, yeah, I'm going to let Chud uh, finish asking that question because thinking about it, I really do think that actually was for him. Uh, okay. So go ahead, Chad. The, the, the first point I make is, is to agree. Yeah, we should be very concerned with um, platforms that are, you know, setting hardline rules in place, as YouTube did, saying you cannot question the outcome of an election, even if you think, you know, that the the merits of the claim are ludicrous this time. It does set a bad precedent in the future. If leftists want to contest the results of election, it could be used against us. So I do, I do agree with that. Um, to be honest with you, listen. If there was fucking evidence, I'm no fan of the Democrats, okay? I'm a fucking nephew. I'm not into that shit. If someone could present evidence that the Democrats acted completely inappropriately and stole an election, sign me up. Let's, let's show me the fucking evidence. I'd laugh my ass off. However, the right was so incompetent at dealing with it. I mean, you know, I don't think there was any merit in the claim anyway. But the fact the right was so incompetent at dealing with it, endless court case and embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment, it was a complete shambles. So... I think even if there was, which I don't think there was, even if there was a, uh, evidence of this, I think the right would have fucked it up anyway. Anyway, that's my point in it. 
Okay, gotcha. Thank you for that. Uh, remember, guys, uh, if you have a super chat, they go straight to the top of the list. I do have a list of questions now, um, but they are not paid. So if you want to kick any of those off of the list, go ahead and send a super chat. Thank you all for your super chats. Anybody who has sent them in so far. Uh, here's one from P. Barnes for $10. Rob, do you think that Twitter viewed Trump's tweet about not attending the inauguration in a vacuum? Or do did they look at the overall theme of his rhetoric when deciding to ban him? I think they probably looked at the overall. I mean, the reality is Twitter has every incentive and has a working relationship with the Democrats. You can see that on Capitol Hill, there's constant calls from the Democrats saying, we're going to punish you, Dorsey. We're going to punish you, Zuckerberg, if you don't censor more fake news. Now, we've seen unprecedented amount of fake news and conspiracies about Donald Trump and Trump supporters that were pushed. Uh, we could talk, I, I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, the Kavanaugh claims, Trump being a Russian plant, the Russian bounty story. Um, you have, you know, the Covington Catholic kids, all of this stuff. This was all stuff going against conservatives that were conspiracy theories without evidence and that shit was all allowed to fly right but when they say with trump it's like oh we have to censor fake news so they have every incentive to do what the democrats are telling them if you don't do this we're going to punish you they understand the democrats have the power and the cultural will to do so and so they're listening to what the democrats say on this and the problem i have isn't just well they should look at this tweet in a vacuum it's clear that that is such a benign tweet they had no reason to uh, remove him for that but the problem i have is the selective nature of that so when we see people spreading conspiracy theories or calls that predictably lead to violence that come from the democrats or from the left never are they censored for benign tweets like this in the way that donald trump was again we have despicable world leaders that have engaged in genocide slavery of uyghur muslims now throwing uh, policies that flog women for being out without men leaders like this are never censored never censored by twitter because they're world leaders but conservative world leaders like donald trump or ron DeSantis are actually censored for positions where it was just benign tweets because they say well there's this nebulous totality of the things they said that we think is bad um just to sort of respond to that a little bit um i think that that um you know trump the idea that he was widely censored um you know obviously we can say he was taken off Twitter, which is a pretty big measure of censorship no disagreement there but in the lead up to that um you know much of his tweets were labeled uh, i think there was maybe one which was um had a, had a link we had to click to see it I don't know. Uh, maybe there was one or two tweets that were removed completely um, if, from memory. But I, I think you're painting this narrative of a high level of censorship. You know, to me, just putting a notification saying, um, you know, I can't remember what the exact notification was, but I think putting a notification on something is censorship. The other thing I point out as well is all government accounts have a little notification on that says Chinese government account, American government account. So there is some information, at least, even with some of these foreign governments to demonstrate that there could be biased information coming out of them. Rob, do you want to have the last word on that since I think that was for you? I mean, no, I would just say that like in the context of everything was said, even Chud Logic admitted in the previous statement where he was like, and it goes along with this was the idea of like, yeah, I don't want to see people censored for questioning the election. I mean, that's basically conceding the argument. He admits that conservatives were censored for that. He doesn't have any examples of left wingers doing it. And he says, yeah, I'm not for it. Right. So I mean, I mean again, it's a clear-cut case that conservative that we had democrats question elections for four years uh in specific elections and in the general national election and not one person was censored that i know of and yet he's admitting yes it's a bad thing that conservatives are being censored in this case he's admitting that more conservatives are being censored than left-wingers but somehow he says they probably deserved it well i didn't that's all i didn't know we have to let rob finish uh, okay sorry I would like to. I would like to leave Chud. I don't want to misrepresent him. So no, no, I'll don't worry. No, the no. rest of my time to allow him to explain. Okay, I don't yeah, it was just him. just a quick. All I want to say is that I think you're overusing the word censorship. Censorship to me is the removal of content. 
I don't think putting a notification under a tweet counts as censorship. So, you know, the idea that Trump was widely censored, uh, you know, when he was on Twitter, I just don't agree with that personally. Rob? That's fine. Um, we can move on to the next one. Okay, great. Uh, we did get another super chat in from 1888 I'm Thank you, 1888 I'm for $10. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about Obama and Farrakhan hanging out in the halls of Congress? Also, what about his choice of racist choice of a racist artist to paint his smithsonian pro oh wow smithsonian portrait was that helpful i guess that's for both i mean i i could if it's for both i can answer the smithsonian i'm unaware of uh, i didn't know of the racist tendencies of personal opinion i can't speak to farrakhan uh, it wasn't just obama you saw a lot of members of the congressional black causes i mean uh farrakhan is a despicable human being who's quite the racist he's literally a black nationalist and the fact that we um again he's allowed on social media one and second uh, beyond the conversation of social media the fact that he had so many connections to prominent democrats and no one was ever really made to punish that but if there was any person if richard spencer mentioned a good word about donald trump oh my god donald trump's connected to white supremacists so it just goes to show the garbage double standard both on social media and in general and as always once they were caught they were like oh our bad uh, my mistake i shouldn't have been hanging out with that black nationalist bigot that thinks jews are termites that's my mistake says barack obama this is nonsense and he should have been held to account for that um I, I don't know why we're focusing so much on uh, on, on Louis Farrakhan, um, but, but fair enough. Um, I mean, I'm you know obviously I'm not a, an expert on on all of these fucking weird you know fringe people. I don't know. Anyway, I've got a reading article here that says that uh, Louis Farrakhan was actually required to delete a tweet, a 2018 tweet in 2019, I believe, because uh, Twitter's uh, rules changed. And um, his tweet fell outside the bounds of those rules, so he had to end up deleting the tweet. So we got one. Um, still got the account. I mean, sure, but you know, there's there's lots of examples of people having, you know, I, I think there's a conflation here of deleting a tweet and having your whole ca- account removed. Like, obviously, these two things are not as bad as each other, um, you know. But but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the the totality of what fucking Louis Farrakhan said. As I say, I'm not an expert on his work. I don't really pay much attention to him. He's not a particularly significant political figure in the broad spectrum of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's all I've got to oh. say. I think. Okay, we got another super chat from Hexproof Anarchist. Just look at what happened to Parlor. Case closed. Thank you, Hexproof. Uh, yeah, it's something that I didn't get to. I mean, uh, I could have, I would have enjoyed talking to Chad for two hours on this topic. I really would have. But yeah, that's another instance. So what happened was Parler was a social media platform that was alleged to people were communicating about the January 6th protest. And so they were basically removed. And when they tried to start up on their own and people said, well, just do, you know, create your own platforms and things like that. That's exactly what Parler was. And their operating service was denied. So they were effectively told, create your own internet then. The problem is we could see from actual FBI indictment documents that the vast majority of people that were discussing what was going to go on on January 6th did so through Facebook. And yet Facebook wasn't punished whatsoever. The reason that Parler was targeted is because they're considered a social media platform that is ran by more conservative people. And so it's another example of the double standard on social media and how we see that it's directed against conservatives and conservative owned companies. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, Parler is an interesting one, because I do share, you know, Rob's concern with the fact that you've got this new platform that was set up. Um, and yeah, it seems like they were targeted by these different companies. The only thing I would say is it's disappointing that Parler had such a frivolous approach to their moderation, um, because basically, there's more to the story. 
Um, I think, you know, certainly there's some controversy and maybe I can see some merit in the idea that all of these companies seemingly attacked it at once. However, if you read the reporting on it, um, Amazon Web Services, um, that was the, the killer bullet for, for Parler, really, because that meant they couldn't run their, their website. Right. They actually communicated with Parler um, and made them aware of certain posts, which were not just in breach of their TOS, but were in breach of their legal obligation to not host um, illegal content, which was incitement to violence. Parler decided to not remove some of these posts. Um, so Amazon Web Services were in communication with Parler to try and sort this out. But they didn't manage to. So whilst I do agree with some of what Rob's saying, um, I think that, you know, if you're someone like Parler, you would want to make sure you're keeping your nose clean. You're following the rules to the closest that you can. It's disappointing to see that incompetence, which, you know, certainly added to them getting removed from these platforms. Okay. Let's go ahead and ask another question. Uh, this one comes in from Tizzy. A uh, question for T Chud Logic. Who is your favorite celebrity chef and why is it Lord of Patriarchy? <laughs> okay. It's not Lord of Patriarchy. Um, but okay, I've got a good answer. I've got an actual answer for this. It is actually Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay is someone that I uh, look up to. Um, you know, he is a filthy capitalist and he treats his staff terribly. Um, but there's something about him and the way that he engages and the way that he um, engages with people. I just, you know, love watching Gordon Ramsay. So that's definitely my favorite celebrity chef. I mean, Rob, I'd love to hear what who's your, who yours is, to be honest. I'll say the same thing. I was just, there's a new show there that go. I just saw on Hulu. It's called 24 Hours of Hell or something. There is, it, nothing cheers me up like watching Gordon Ramsay go through a disgusting kitchen and just yell at people. I think it's one of the yeah, absolutely. greatest pleasures in life. You know, <laughs> he I brings out all the rotten food. He's like, what's this? It's brilliant. Yeah. I'm going to share an opinion. I don't know if I should do this as a moderator, <laughs> but I'm of the opinion that I don't think Gordon Ramsay's food is really that good. Ooh, okay. Had, so. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Hot take. Okay. Um, I like him more for his attitude <laughs> than his food anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From Mr. Blah25 uh, asks, do you all ever get tired of promoting your grievances? Perhaps if conservatives stopped buying into stupid conspiracies promoted by cons like Trump, you might be less angry. Okay, so I assume that's directed to me. Uh, it's funny to listen to people on the left decry conservative conspiracy theories where they spent four years saying that there was a P tape about Trump and Trump was a Russian plant and he did all this stuff to the point where we actually had the FBI investigating these obvious lies that were sourced by a Russian spy that were paid for by Hillary Clinton. We had conspiracy theories about everything being racist. We had conspiracy theories about Covington kids being bad. We had conspiracy theories about Brett Kavanaugh being a gang rapist, all of these things. And then as soon as conservatives wanna speak up and say that they're questioning something, they're told, oh, this is just grievance. The same group of people in general that say, oh my God, we're perpetual victims. There's systemic bigotry against me or my group want to decry when conservatives say things like mass censorship's occurring. Remember this, right? Right now, let me, let me be clear. The majority of my friends when I was in college were left-wingers. When I started college in 2002, I got my political start decrying the Iraq war and how I saw neocons and the intelligence agencies that were disgustingly leading us into these wars to bomb all these other countries and have regime changes. Now we see that the shoe is completely flipped. Now it turns out that the Democrats in this country are the party that's like, yay, congratulations, Biden, for bombing Syria again. Yes, we have to stop Donald Trump from pulling out of Afghanistan. You're decrying of people for, quote, talking about grievances and talking about conspiracy theories is literally allowing our military industrial complex to bomb brown people all over the world. You ought to be ashamed of yourself for decrying people that are talking about censorship and the ability to speak up against these horrible 
people that run our country in both the left and the right they treat. They treat average left-wingers and right-wingers like garbage. They lie us into these wars. They steal the wealth of left-wing and right-wing people in this country to give it to their powerful elites. And you saying, well, that's all crying and that's all grievance just shows what a shallow and unthinking person that you are. Okay, so we're a little bit more than halfway through the question and answer question uh, section. So let's go ahead and switch into short and pithy mode, guys. Uh, we have another super chat in from 188. I'm telling. Thank you. I'm telling. Uh, $5 says, so just Google search Obama painting heads cut off and you will see what I'm, I meant about the racist artist. I, and that could be true, but I, I think for the context of me, look, it, it's irrelevant to Chud me in this conversation. And I think Chud would agree with me. If there's someone blatantly being racist, we're both against it. So I, I don't know what more I have to add to that. And I'm going to skip this next question. Racism bad. I'm not yeah. sure if uh, James would read it. And I'm going to ask this one from Forward Tribe. Do you think conservative lives matter? Would ever, would, would even be allowed on social media? I think that's for Chud logic. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you want it, I don't think that would be a breach of TOS. Um, I think, you know, by all means, all trying lives to matter. Out. Um, oh, is it? Is it, if I tweet out all lives matter? That I know, I, I, well, maybe, maybe action. all lives you could do. White lives matter you can't do on many platforms. I know that. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know either way on that one. I, I'll just accept what you're saying is true. You can't talk about what I could. I, matter, I, let, let me, let me redirect. I don't know which platforms that's true of. I, I could tell you that I've seen people banned for saying that, but maybe it's allowed mm. in certain contexts. So I can't be definitive and I can't point it out in the TOS or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think this, the problem is, um, and I don't mean anything bad towards a person asking this question, no disrespect meant by this. I think the problem is, there's such a few furore around this stuff that people think that innocuous phrases can't be typed onto social media. Even there's a joke we have about it in the UK. You can't even be British anymore without getting arrested. You know, it's this play on this idea that like, you know, you can't do these fairly innocuous things without having some consequence put upon you. So it is difficult to see what is true and what isn't, what can be done, what can't mm -hmm. be done. So I understand the position, but that's why it's important to have clarity. I think and understand, you know, the, the rules firstly, and secondly, are they being forced fairly, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, another super check in from Hexproof Anarchist. Thank you again, Hexproof. $2 says, Stephen Crowder is another example of censorship. I think yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. I think Crowder did get censored. Now, I, let me throw an olive branch to Chad Logic here. The, if, again, if you go back, and I encourage everyone, don't take my word for it. Like we're talking about the leaders of social media. See what they say. Go back and watch the Joe Rogan podcast where Jack Dorsey's on with the person from Twitter, Vija, I think's her name, and Tim Pool's on the other side. And listen to what happens when these examples are talked about. Yes, oftentimes conservatives, and I think Crowder could be an example that arguably did break terms of service. The problem is the selective application of those terms. And we can see left-wing people that have made racially insensitive jokes or calls, uh, arguable calls for violence, et cetera, that aren't punished in the way that Steven Crowder was. So it's the unequal application of the terms of service that's the problem. Okay. Um, I will actually throw an olive branch of my own. Um, there's one particular occasion where I feel that action taken against Stephen Crowder was unfair. Um, I think YouTube implemented ha haphazardly this rule about calling into question the election. Stephen Crowder was caught by that and was penalized for that. I thought that one particular instance I actually disagreed with. However, I think more broadly, if you look at someone like Stephen Crowder, you've got a history of flagrantly disregarding and abusing the rules. You know, um, it's like if someone goes into a club 
and they consistently break the rules and they piss in the fucking lectern and they go and call the DJ a wanker, etc. You would expect them to get kicked out. Now, the funny thing with Steven Crowder is, you know, not only is he not being fucking kicked off of YouTube, he's still monetized on YouTube to this day, to my understanding. He was demonetized for a while, sure, but they remonetized him. Um, and from what I understand, you know, he's, I mean, he's still on YouTube, still making content with a massive audience. So the idea that he's been censored um, in any large significant degree, I just find ludicrous and I reject that wholeheartedly. And he's an example of someone who has flagrantly broken the rules and remains on the platform. So I don't think it's a good example of that, that point, honestly. Okay. Um, just to let everybody know, uh, we're, we have less than 10 minutes left of uh, Q&A. So Super Chats, of course, will still go to the top of the list. We don't have any more of those left. So uh, if you have one of those, go ahead and send them in. But uh, I don't know if we have enough time to read any more uh, unpaid questions. So uh, I wouldn't bother sending those in at the, this time. Uh, next question comes in from Big Thang Bruce Wayne. Uh, as a black man, I'm not going to not root. As a black man, I'm going to not root for the side that wants to call American slavery the great African migration as taught in Mississippi and other Southern states for 100 years. I think that's for you, Rob. Uh, are you going to root for the side that said due to their policies that I'll have these N-words voting Democrat for the next 100 years? Is that the side that you're choosing instead? The truth is that there are bad people on both sides of the matter. There's also a bigotry of low expectations that you see oftentimes that comes from the left that says, oh, black people need to be treated differently. They can't scholastically achieve as much as this. They need to get a leg up. That's sort of oppression I find a sense of. The, the Democratic Party in this country treats black people like they're monoliths, like they must all think the same way. I had people talking about this last night in my channel, for example. Uh, that's not true. I can't speak to what every Republican does. I have significant problems with the Republican Party. I'm my own person. I could say this. I fully believe in the tenet of treating everyone as individuals and the content of their character. I think that treating people as their skin color first is absurd. And what I would say, the direction that I would like to see both political parties is saying, we're going to have the dignity to treat people that are people of color and minorities as individuals instead of monolithic groups. And we're going to understand that those individuals have dynamic and individual thoughts on their own. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could point out examples. I don't know the specific example you're talking about in Mississippi though. Gotcha. Um, sure. Um, I mean, if we, if we're going by quotes, um, you start out in 1954 by saying N word, N word, N word. By 1968, you can't say N word that hurts you, that backfires. So you say stuff like forced busing, states' rights, etc. I'm sure everyone knows the quote. Um, you know, so I think getting into a quote off is silly. I think you know one thing I've noticed with you, you Rob, if you know, is that you do tend to focus on this dichotomy between the Republicans and the Democrats. My response to that is, you know. Um, Look, look outside of the party politics if, if you know, you maybe feel you're not represented by the Democrats, they're not doing what you need, you don't necessarily have to be a Republican. You can maybe look at options completely outside of the sort of political paradigm that America exists under. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, and look, one of the things I do quite frequently is I talk about at the establishment level, the Republican and Democratic Party are basically the same party. Like they're more interested in obtaining power. They lie. Look, where I live in rural Pennsylvania, they constantly say, vote Republican will help your lives. They don't. Where inner city people leave, live, they're constantly told, vote Democrat will help your lives. They don't. Right. Like it's a sham at the top level. So I agree with you there, Chad Logic. In this particular case, the reason that I'm reading quotes and talking about Republicans versus Democrat, that was the question. Let's let him there. have the final word on that because we do have to move on. Uh, okay. We do have a few more questions okay. uh, and we only have about six more minutes left. Um, the next question is uh, from Forward Tribe. Uh, he asked, Chud, anyone who wanted to clarify the elections results were censored on social media and elections were fair and transparent were promoted. 
I should be uh, quote, quoting these. Uh, okay, let me just restart this. Chud, anyone who wanted to clarify the election's results were censored on social media and elections were fair and transparent were promoted. That makes it more no. Um, I was just trying to understand like, the format of the question. I'm, I'm doing my best to understand this here. Okay, so I think I think I'm sorry. So you basically said that anyone that, that like tried to clarify or in any way questioned it was censored. Um, I'm not sure if that's strictly true. My understanding of the terms of service um, is that just questioning or, or having, uh, you know, the very questioning of it wasn't the issue. It was the specific claims um, that were made about the election. And look, you know, I have some disagreements with the way some of these policies were implemented. I said earlier, I didn't agree with YouTube's way of doing it. Um, I think that there was unprecedented circumstances and there were people that were very worried about, you know, having this sort of rhetoric unfettered on social media. But yeah, I mean, I think social media companies made a mistake. I don't like the idea of cracking down on people who are fairly questioning the results of elections or being inquisitive. If there's specific cases that someone could bring to me, I could look at it and say, yeah, I think that's, you know, unfair or they shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. Um, this next question comes in from uh, Mr. Blah25. He asks, why? This is a borderline here, very borderline. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to do it. If it's okay. insulting oh. me, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take insults. I don't give a shit. It's not, it's not it's specific scary. to a... Uh, it's borderline. <laughs> Why do conservatives like Rob believe that grievances and conspiracies are the only valid way of engaging the world? Mm. Well, that's I not the only way. That's not... I, I don't mind. I'm not offended by the question whatsoever. It's just... It's, it's nonsense. That's not the only valid way of engaging in the world. Again, we're talking about a political party in the Democrats that seeks to make identity politics and divisive issues, right? And talking about we need, specific, you know, to focus on these specific immutable characteristics like sexual preference, gender, race, and things like that. That's constantly grievous industries. Uh, we, we see this, and I have people that endorse those sort of parties telling me, why are conservatives embracing grievance culture? Do you think it's grievance culture if people in a in a community such as I believe Ferguson, Missouri, there was actually a study that showed that there was a possibility that police officers there were over policing and were prosecuting black people for crimes that were committed by white people at the same level, but they were prosecuting black people more. Is that grievance for them to want to an investigation of that? Is that a grievance? So it's just interesting to see how biased and partisan some people are where they say, oh, no, no, no. When it's issues against conservatives, they just have to shut up and take it and they can't complain about it. I mean, we've literally proven in this debate uh, that the conservatives are censored more. It's just a question of do they deserve it or not. And by merely having that discussion, I'm told, oh, you're embracing grievances. If this was occurring on the left, they would be screaming, oh, this is unfair. Corporations and these massive platforms are going against the left. They're going against Democrats and it's stealing elections. They would be marching. They would do all this stuff. But conservatives just saying, hey, this isn't right. We need to do something about this censorship. And we're told that we're engaged in grievances. It's absolutely pathetic. Okay, let's move on. Um... I have Mr. Blah again. Mr. Blah 25 asks, it wasn't the Democrats who said it was the most secure. It was the Trump administration. That's it was people within the Trump administration. I agree. Look again, like if okay. you understood my worldview, this it wouldn't matter because I will say the people that Trump. We have two minutes. The, the worst thing that Trump did was surround himself with people that were part of the establishment that wanted to see him fail. Okay, uh, here's a question from uh, Fox Papuli. Uh, question for both. Do you think social media platforms should be the arbiters of quote unquote truth with regards to fake news? Do they have an obligation to be neutral? Should all speech be allowed? Uh, short and pithy, please, both. Go ahead, Chad, if you want. 
Yeah, sure. Um, I think, yeah, to be honest, you do set a, a dangerous precedent. Um, like, you know, sometimes it's about maybe laid out how things are. I don't necessarily think that's how it should be. And I think you do start to set a dangerous precedent when you give these platforms the power to decide what is and isn't um, fake news. And I think I don't have a problem with, with some degree of moderation in that respect, but it's got to be backed up with impartial, unbiased sourcing. I think that's quite difficult to achieve. Um, should free speech be absolute? I mean, pr probably not. I think there's some things we ought to consider, you know, censoring um, for the sake of everyone. Um, but yeah, it's a very fine line. These new forms of communication, it's a complicated, nuanced issue. And I think the more we can have open discussions about it and policy-based solutions, the, the better, honestly. And I'll answer this real quick. Anyone who has a problem with corporate influence in our election and our speech should be concerned that these companies that control about 90% of our speech are, would be the arbiters of what's evolved to be spoken. This is a nightmare, a fascist nightmare of corporate takeover. Okay, and that is our time. I do want to respect our speaker's time, and I don't know if Brace has a hard time out, so let's just go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I want to thank both of you for a respectful and productive discussion. I want to thank our moderators in the chat for keeping everything Uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat for attacking the ideas and not the people. I want to thank James for uh, putting on this glorious uh, platform that we can all share ideas with. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, again for tuning in and promoting this platform. If you enjoyed what you saw today, please like this video. Please check out our speakers in the description, whether you're watching on YouTube or on podcast, they are linked in the description below. And with that, um, yeah, that's it. it. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thanks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from Ad Force. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big